I was on everything and I was going everywhere and I was on every show and every stage and, you know, tens of thousands of books at a time and all this stuff. And then you go through a season where it's quiet. I think those as times of like replenishing, <laughs> like figuring out what your next is because you can't move at that level forever. Like that will exhaust you, that will drain you. And sometimes it, you'll get caught up in being this person that you were not supposed to be past a certain season. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 52 of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I am so pumped for this one. I know I say that like literally every week, but truly you guys, this one is crazy impactful. In the wise words of our guest, like what if I told you that being wealthy is not 100% related to money? Today, we are empowering you to redefine wealth and get off the hamster wheel of hustle so that you can chase your unique purpose from a place of freedom and intention. I got so much wisdom, so much insight from our guest, who is Patrice Washington. She is a number one best-selling author, captivating speaker, and hope-restoring coach to women like you and I who not only want to do good work in the world, whether that be as an entrepreneur as a corporate badass, as a mom, whatever it might be. But not only do we want to do good work, we also believe that we deserve to earn a damn good living while doing it. And if you don't already feel that way, or you don't feel okay admitting that and owning that, then you totally will after today's episode, because we're talking all about what it means to create real wealth. It's not what you think, the untold pillars of wealth and how millennial women can choose their own purpose and live life with intention instead of perpetually just trying to get by. So if you're ready to stop the hamster wheel, stop the hamster wheel of hustle, get into a life of intention and true purpose and wealth, then this episode is going to rock your world. And I hope you're ready to receive all of this wisdom and value that Patrice is about to drop into you. Truly guys, buckle up. This is a great one. And we're going to jump into it right after we get through the review of the week. And this one comes from Virtually Natalie. She says, bold, insightful, and engaging. Five stars. Marie and her stellar guests shine the brightest of lights on what it means to be a female in our current culture. Bold, insightful, and engaging are just a few of the words I'd use to describe the time you'll spend with them. Thanks for putting out such a superb show, Marie. Keep up the great work. You know, Natalie, I really appreciate the variety 
variety of adjectives you use in this interview. Like you really stepped it up. You really thought outside the box. You really brought it for us. So thank you so much for your thoughtful, kind-hearted review. They truly, truly mean the world to us. And it's so, so cool. It never gets old that there are thousands of women around the world who choose to hang out with my guests and I for an hour each week. They let us into their earbuds, into their cars, into their computer speakers, whatever it might be. And that just, it never gets old. It never is not cool. So thank you so much, Natalie, for letting us know that you appreciate the work that we're doing. My team and I and our guests as well appreciate you so, so much. And we would love to thank you with a limited edition Grind and Be Grateful t-shirt. So if you're listening, Natalie, please go ahead and DM me on Instagram at Marie E. Wold. That's W-O-L-D. And tell me your size and address so that I can get that sent out to you. And if you're listening right now and you're not virtually Natalie, you can get a chance to be the review of the week and receive your very own shirt by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It's super, super easy. It only takes a minute and it means the absolute world to my team and I. You guys met my producer and podcast manager, Kelsey, on episode 50, and she is totally a ray of sunshine. She deserves all the ratings and reviews. She deserves all the five-star reviews. So if you don't want to do it for me, do it for Kelsey. She's editing this right now. She's probably listening to this with a big old smile on her face because I'm hyping her up, but she deserves it. So if anything, give Kelsey five stars, you know, she, she's killing it. So thank you so much in advance. If you take a minute to support us and support the work that we're doing, because this show is truly a labor of love. And I just, I love to hear your guys' thoughts as well. I love to hear your thoughts, your feelings, what episodes stuck out to you, what feedback you have. We love it all. So thank you in advance if you take the time to give us an honest thought. This episode is in partnership with my favorite supplement company, you already know, PE Science. And PE Science couldn't actually be more on point for today's topic because as you'll hear, health and physical well-being is actually a huge part of true wealth. Health is wealth, right? And with science-backed products like their women's True Multi, high-quality fish oil, and their new stress support product that I'm super stoked about called OmniZen, PE Science makes the wellness part of the wellness wealth equation, super easy and super foolproof. As always, you guys can save 15% on your entire PESCience.com order with code Marie. That's P-E-S-C-I-E-N-C-E.com and enter code Marie, M-A-R-I-E at checkout. Now let's get into this episode, guys. Hello, Patrice. Thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. And I know that you're all about like the actionable takeaway um, and making real change. So I would love to dive right in and just start picking your brain about like what you can share about wealth, success, and financial failure and what that has meant to you over the years and kind of what has brought you to being the money maven that you are today. Well, I always tell people, Marie, that I only do what I do now because of my testimony, because Mm -hmm. I've been through so much. And I feel like that's where we learn all the juicy, good lessons. It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel good in the moment, but that's where. Um, And like you, I started out really young. I got into real estate at 19 years old and became a real estate and mortgage broker at 21. And by 25, had built a seven-figure kind of real estate empire, if you will. Wow. 
And I really thought at that time, being so young, I had no frame of reference for dips in the market. Mm. (laughs) I didn't understand that like, yeah, just because you created this early on, that it doesn't mean it will go on forever. And so when the recession hit, I was about 26, uh, going on 27 years old. And the recession hit and I went from that seven figure business to scraping up change. Literally, Mm. I was the girl digging through couch cushions and looking in old purses, um, just trying to get enough money together to get milk for my daughter. And you told me after going to the University of Southern California, graduating with honors, again, creating this successful business so early on that that's where I would find myself. Um, And... You know, I went from this this huge home in Southern California, like 6,000 square feet, to literally living in a little 600 square foot box of an apartment in Metairie, Louisiana. And that was the first time I would say I had like a defining moment where I could really look back on my life and say, that's where this came from. Like for me, being on the bathroom floor, snotting and crying and asking God, why me? Like how... Have I done what I thought was all the right stuff and been a good person and I'm still in such a bad place? Mm -hmm. And that's when I felt what I call like a a still small voice kind of nudge me in the direction of getting my Bible. And I found this scripture is Proverbs 17, 16. And it's that what good is money in the hands of a fool if they have no desire to seek wisdom. Mm. And that was like the defining moment. Wow. The first time it hit me that. Yeah, I was smart, Um, had a lot of education. I passed my California broker's exam on the first try and uh, had all these additional certifications and licenses and all this stuff. And I've been really great at information seeking, but not necessarily understanding the difference between knowledge and wisdom, which knowledge is all the information, but wisdom is knowing how to apply it. Yeah. And so when that recession hit. And I was, you know, if you were in real estate at that time, you felt it immediately. Like for some right. people, they're like, no, it happened in 08. No, I felt it in <laughs> 07. <laughs> yeah. I felt it fast and furiously. It was like immediate for us. And, you know, the the big takeaway I have from just being on that bathroom floor was like understanding that I had spent my whole life kind of chasing money, not in a bad way, but I was, I just was very ambitious. And I grew up in South Central Los Angeles, and I didn't grow up in the best area. And I just always knew that there was more and that there was just more to life and more to see and more to do. And I was the kid that was like, when I leave here, I'm never coming back. And so a part of that became this um, unquenchable kind of thirst to have more, be more, do more. Mm -hmm. And so it became this relentless pursuit of like chasing money because I thought having money meant I don't have to go back to that neighborhood. I don't have to go back to those surroundings. And that's how I lived my life until all of that happened. And and so that was the defining moment for me um, that taught me that this life has to be more than about chasing money. You have to seek wisdom because you can make money, but what good is it if you don't know how to maintain it? Right. Yeah. So then once you kind of like hit that rock bottom and cracked open your Bible and saw that verse like staring at you and serving you the truth, like how did you move forward from that? Yeah, I've always been one of those people who is like, it it doesn't matter. Like as soon as I learn something, I feel like I can run with it, right? Mm -hmm. So I had that epiphany that day and I was like, everyone needs to know. 
I'm going to tell everybody. Yeah. How come no one has talked to me about this? And so I got up off that bathroom floor and I started a free blogspot.com the next day. Oh my gosh. The next morning. And I had run a brick and mortar business. Like I had a full office, 16 loan officers and real estate agents, like parking spots with my name on it type of thing. Like I had mm-hmm. a full office. I didn't know anything about being online. You know, I didn't really, I didn't know about social media yet. That wasn't even a big thing. I didn't know anything, but a couple of weeks before I had heard of this idea of blogs and I really only saw people put pictures of their babies <laughs> yeah. type things, but I was like, yeah. wow, that's cool. Like, why would it, someone even be interested in this? Cause it literally just wasn't a thing like mm-hmm. it is now. And when the d- idea came to me, I was like, maybe I should just share like biblical principles on how to be better with money and business. And of course, the first thing that comes up is, first of all, ma'am, you're broke. Who's going to listen to you? Like you're <laughs> yeah. in the worst place of your life right now to be trying to teach someone else. But then the other part of me was like, but if you know something, you're supposed to share it. Like, you you know, it's like you don't get to keep it to yourself. And I thought for sure, at least my good girlfriends, like the bridesmaids from my wedding, my husband, my mom, the usual suspects will listen, of course. Right. Or they'll read or they'll support. Well, after a couple of weeks went by. I realized that they were not supporting. (laughs) Mm. You know, you ask a friend, like, did you check out my post or did you? And they're like, um, did I see that one? You know. Oh, yeah. You made a post? Oh. Right. Like, like, you know what? I didn't get to it this week. And you're like, well, how was last week's? It was good. It's like, no, you didn't read. (laughs) Right. So I had done it consistently every week. I was committed to making a post. Um, Meanwhile, I was just trying to figure out my life in this new place I was in. I don't want to say a new normal because one thing that I knew was that even though I had lost all my money, my mind wasn't bad. Right. It was not a forever thing. This is a, yeah. this is a season. So I understood. You believed in the bounce back. Yeah, I did. I really did. I was like, this is a season. So I kept, I kept doing that. And then after a few months, I was like, well, if no one's reading, like, why am I doing this? I need to focus on how I'm going to create income for my family or I may need to go get a job or you know, I just started thinking of all this stuff. Well, after three weeks of not posting anything, a, a random man sent me an email. He's like, been enjoying your blog. Haven't seen you post anything. Hope you're okay. And oh, wow. He, who is this man? Who is he? Where did he come from? So I didn't understand anything about like analytics. And, yeah. you know, I knew how to like type what I wanted to say, find a little picture and post. Like I did not understand anything about the back end of this blog. Well, when I got that random email and I was super confused, like where did these people come from? Where'd this man come from? Mm-hmm. It got me into like trying to figure it out. And so my husband helped me go on the back end and we realized that people have been reading. And and I even had comments. I didn't know I had to like. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> my gosh. And that was the first time that I I made a commitment to the fact that an audience of one is still an audience. Rachel Luna just said that so eloquently. You know, um, recently that's my girl, and that was my sentiment. Even though I didn't have that word, it was like or that terminology. It was just mm-hmm. if I can help one person. That's what I'm committed to doing. And because of that, man, I jumped back on it and I've been going ever since. And it's been 10 years. March 2019 made 10 years. Oh, my gosh. That's so incredible. And now I've helped millions. Yeah. Yeah. That's so incredible. And I think just it's so it's such 
solid proof that when you go into something with like a heart of service, that's when you're able to really find like true success and have, you know, purpose behind it. Because if you would have gone into that chasing money, like it probably wouldn't have turned into this like prolific business and brand that you have now. I agree. And that's why I say chase purpose, not money. And people always go, that's so easy for you to say you have money. I'm like, but that's been the principle I've lived by with or without money. Yeah. Literally is the purpose comes first. And I think that people are so in a rush to monetize everything. And really, even when God first puts an idea on your heart, at least this is how I feel. Like our job is to uncover what all that means in the doing. It's not mm. to like jump into, I got to have this full blown bulletproof strategy because that's what holds a lot of people back from pursuing their purpose. Right. Or what could be their purpose? They're like, I got to have this. I have to have beautiful photos and I have to have the most glamorous site. And, mm. you know, I have, I have to have the logo. Girl, it's like everything has to be perfect. And the truth is, what if you were just called to help one person in this season? Are you still committed to using what you have to help the one? Mm -hmm. That person is in any type of pain or needs some type of hope or inspiration. They don't need the perfect, flawless version of you. They just need you to show up and give what you have. Mm -hmm. That's it. Right, right. Every time I do that, even as I've made pivots in my career at this point over the last 10 years, I feel like every time I do that, it's been blessed. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you have, you know, you had that huge pivot back when you were so like mostly just chasing money and after that type of wealth and now you've had a few pivots since then like you've kind of redefined your your definition and your idea of success so what would you say is like success on your own terms at this point exactly what i wrote you know that mm-hmm. i could wake up and literally choose to do whatever i wanted to do um and obviously you know you make commitments along the way and some days you wake up and you're like i don't feel like doing that There's still discipline within freedom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There's still discipline within freedom, but just um, being able to live what I truly feel is my purpose is what success is for me. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with a dollar amount. It just has everything to do with being able to create the type of impact that I feel like I'm called to create. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then like zeroing in on that more, what does financial freedom mean? Like that doesn't just mean making the most amount of money possible. So you never have to worry about it again. Right. Yeah. Um, to me, financial freedom is about being able to handle your needs and your wants with grace and ease. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that the people who have been stuck in scarcity or in survival mode are like really, really skeptical of this and rightfully so. And I'm sure like you've been there too. So tell me, Honestly, like, is it really possible for everyone to experience financial freedom? And what would you say to the people who are skeptical and don't believe that it's for them? I mean, that's a great question. Is it really possible? I believe it's available, Mm. Um, especially in this country. Now, you know, I can't speak to so many other countries where there's so many other things that inherently just keep you know, some folks in one side and and others on another side. But I can say as, you know, the daughter of immigrants, I really do. I was raised to believe that if you can create something in America or like anyone should be able to create something in America. And so that has always been my mindset that no matter what, 
it's available to you. And I, I think that it comes down to mindset. So if you've been raised in some type of scarcity and lack, like if you've heard verbal influences that make you feel like it's not for you, things that people said, even growing up as a church girl, I would hear money is the root of all evil. Mm. Well, that's really damaging because if you believe that, it doesn't matter how much money you make, you'll always find ways to self-sabotage. Right. You know, right. You'll always find ways to give it all away, to prove that you're not evil um, or to try to buy everyone's affection and love around you to prove that you're still a good person. And that happens a lot, you know, or you may have seen poor examples like I did. I grew up seeing people uh, use credit cards so much. I don't even know if I knew what cash was for a while <laughs> there. Like I was just used to seeing people swipe. So when I got to college and they offered me not one, not two, not three, but four credit cards, you know, beautiful plastic, shiny credit cards with my school's logo on it and all that. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I did because that's what I was programmed to do is think that adults use credit cards. And so it doesn't really matter how you grew up. The best thing about childhood is that it's over. And if you're an adult, you have an opportunity to change that narrative. Any story that's running, how you see money, what you get to remember is that it's a story. Mm, yeah, We have the ability to just write a new story. We have the ability to change the ending of that story. How you start out is not how you have to end up. And so if you're skeptical, you have to accept the fact that you're creating that and allowing it. Like you're perpetuating that in your own life. Right, because right. I've explained so many people who have gone from absolutely nothing to something. It Not everyone who is now rich or wealthy is that way because they had a silver spoon, lucky breaks, smarter than you. You know, it has nothing to do with that. I really believe that we don't get what we want. We get what we believe. Mm, yeah. If you believe something is possible for you, then it's possible. Now, does it take time to catch up with your beliefs? Absolutely. Because you believe it, does it happen overnight? No, it does not. But I think, again, I'm only here. I wrote down things four, five, six, seven, eight years ago that I'm living today, but I wrote it down with the expectation that it, it would happen. I'm not in control right. of when it happens. I always say I'm committed to the vision, but I'm not attached to how I get there. And I yes. think one of the reasons that some people hold themselves back is they're so attached to what it has to look like. They're so attached to who has to help them. They're so attached to what the circumstances need to be. I'm attached to nothing but my husband and my daughter. <laughs> like I have no attachment to how my career unfolds. I just know that I feel called to impact millions and I'm open to the possibilities. And I think that that comes from a place of just believing that we live in an abundant universe and just nothing has to look like what we've seen before. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think not getting attached and having the the right mindset for growth and for receiving abundance is by far one of the hardest parts, right? Like I think one of the traps that people really get stuck in is like the must be nice trap, you know what I mean? <laughs> Where the mindset then when that when you see other people succeeding with one type of wealth or another and your reaction instead of like clapping for them is like, oh, must be nice. Like what mm-hmm. what's going on with that? Why is that like our default reaction? Is it because we don't believe it's possible for ourselves? Yeah, I I feel like that comes from a spirit of comparison as well, though. Mm, because yeah. I really believe that what's for me is for me. And so 
anytime, even other people who are in the personal finance space, when someone goes, oh, I met someone and they're your, your they're your competition. I'm like, no, they're complimentary. Oh, we yeah. One another because we both have a similar goal to impact people and help them with their finances. I don't see people as competition because there are billions of people on earth. There are so many people who need to get served. And I always look at it like when you go to the grocery store, right? There's like four different types of ketchup, you know, so many different types of mustard that like everyone is not for everyone. I am not for everyone. And that's fine. My job is to understand who I am, who I'm called to serve and, you know, make sure that my messaging and everything that I do is clear so that when we see each other, when we find each other, we're drawn to each other like a magnet. Mm-hmm. I can't do that with everyone in the world. There's a there's a group of people who they need whatever the message is they need from me, and that's it. And so I don't see other people as compare, you know, as as competition. So I don't compare myself and go, oh well, that must be nice for her. One of the things I've trained myself to do actually is congratulate people openly. Yeah, because it's really hard to to congratulate and be a hater all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's, that's the whole concept of like, you have to, if you're trying to be everything for everyone, you're nothing for no one, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to be able to be okay with like attracting and repelling. Mm -hmm. um, Cause that's the way that you serve the people that you're really meant to serve. Um, But it's hard, especially if you believe that other people are your competition and other people's success means your failure. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be that at all because mm-hmm. I don't see my failures as other people's success. <laughs> right. Right? If, you, if you flip it, I don't think, oh my gosh, when I had that moment in the bathroom floor, look at her, she was over there doing, you know, whatever she was doing. It's weird how we take that on mm. in different forms. And if it doesn't make sense one way, it just, to me, doesn't make sense either. either right. Way, right. Like, um, I grew up really believing, I can't say grew up, but definitely in my early 20s, believing that God is no respecter of person. And so if someone else has been blessed, I know that I could be blessed, but I also am aware of the fact that I have to be disciplined enough to do the freaking work. Like sometimes we're looking at other people and we're seeing them have all this success and we're comparing, but we don't understand the months, the years, the sweat, the tears, the late nights, everything that went in to what you see today. Right. Mm-hmm. And instead of looking at where they are today, their success, you have to look at their sewing season. They had to be putting some time in somewhere to create what it is you're looking at now. And we are we go. It doesn't matter what level of success you've had or you have. We all are always in this like cyclical thing of like sowing and reaping. Yeah. And in some seasons you're going to reap the benefits of all the work and all the the time and all the effort you put in. But right now, if your job is to sew, just freaking sew. Mm-hmm. Don't compare, don't hate, don't judge. Just sew. Just stay in gratitude, knowing and believing that and, and waiting with expectancy. Because that's the other thing. When you're in your waiting season, when you're in that sewing season and you feel like, oh, woe is me and all this stuff, you're not waiting with expectancy. Mm-hmm. I I am okay with waiting. I've gone through different seasons, even in building America's Money Maven. It's been 10 years, but I've had years when 
I was on everything and I was going everywhere and I was on every show and every stage and, you know, tens of thousands of books at a time and all this stuff. And then you go through a season where it's quiet. Yeah. I think those are times of like replenishing, <laughs> like figuring out what your next is because you can't move at that level forever. Like that yeah. will exhaust you. That will drain you. And sometimes it, you'll get caught up in being this person that you were not supposed to be past a certain season. Mm, yeah. Right? Because you don't take time to pause and rest and just chill and reassess. Then you get caught up like running in these circles or doing certain things that just don't even serve you anymore. So I right. learned to see these kind of down seasons, if you will, as seasons of sewing and just replenishing. And when you reframe that, it feels really good. Right. Yeah. And you can still be like, even if, you know, money is tight, for example, you can still be in abundance and you can still be a wealthy person in other areas if you have that mindset and if you're able to make that shift because you look at it as an opportunity instead of like a, a, a failure or a downturn. Yeah, it's not punishment. Mm -hmm. It's definitely an opportunity, again, to rest and to possibly look at the other areas of your life. So at Redefining Wealth, my podcast, we talk about the six pillars of wealth. And what I really wanted to do was create an environment where people didn't just see wealth as money and material possessions, where they yeah. truly understand that wealth is about well-being. And so sometimes when people are like, but I don't have money, you don't understand. I'm like, first of all, I've told you I've been broke. <laughs> like, yeah. Right? It's like, no, I do understand. But here's the thing. While you're in that season if all you do is focus on the money you don't have, that's all you continue to create mm. because that's where your focus is. So mm -hmm. that's all you're going to keep creating. What I like to encourage people to do is look at the pillars, look at the other areas of life that can use some work. So as I've been rebuilding, I've been restored completely, but you know, as I was rebuilding over these last 10 years, I would always tell people I wasn't just budgeting. Like right. I know I'm known as a finance expert, but like, what do you do? Budget 24 hours a day? Who does <laughs> like, you know, you can't check your credit, but once a month, right? Like it's not about that. It's about who you're becoming in the process because I wanted to become someone who was um, a thousand percent responsible and more able to handle the capacity of what I was praying for. Mm, and that's so, so huge. I started to work on all these other areas. At the time, I wasn't calling them pillars, but they've always been very present for me. Um, one of them being fit, <laughs> becoming your best self, and understanding that like my physical fitness was so important because here I am praying like to see the world and I want to take my message everywhere. And then that still small voice was like, but you're huffing and puffing in Beverly Hills. Perhaps you can build it now, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I understood if you have a vision, what came from that for me was like, look, I have this vision. I want to impact the world, but how can I impact the world? And I can barely stand for three hours in my own community, in my own backyard. And I was like, okay, if I have a vision, it's my duty and responsibility to put more effort into protecting the vessel needed to mm. execute that vision. And I meet a lot of people who they want all this fabulous stuff, but it's like, you can't even physically sustain that. Yeah. Even in the fit pillar, we talk about being mentally healthy and um, your mental fitness. And again, praying for things that you can't mentally sustain. 
like some of us want these big platforms, a lot comes with a big platform. Are you ready for that mentally? All right, all right, all right. Let's take a quick break and talk about my wellness toolkit because as Patrice says, you can't be wealthy without being well, right? Well, I don't think that's a direct quote from Patrice, but it has a nice ring to it, right? So of course, daily movement and eating right are both a part of my daily wellness routine and they should be a part of yours as well. But I also like to support my body with high quality, scientifically backed supplements from PE Science because A, I know they're formulated with my health and goals in mind and B, I quite literally feel the difference when I'm on point with my supplements versus not. You guys know I take health and well-being super, super seriously. I mean, that's one of the central themes of this entire show. So it takes a lot for me to give a company my stamp of approval, you know, because there are a lot of companies out there that make false promises, don't use the right dosage, or they cut corners with low quality ingredients. You guys would be appalled to know how rampant that is in the industry, but not PE Science. I have personally been to their headquarters. I have met the owner. I've been involved in early phases of new product development. Like I've seen it all and I can say that this company is legit. And anyway, like I said earlier, my daily toolkit includes a handful of really intentional, high-quality products like their women's True Multi, multivitamin, which is basically just like nutritional insurance, making sure that you're covering all your bases and getting all of your daily doses. They have the omega-3 fish oil capsules, which is really high-quality fish oil, and they also have a new, really exciting product that is all about stress support called OmniZen, which basically naturally helps your body control its cortisol levels and have a healthier response to stress, which I feel like I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like we can all use a little help with managing stress, right? I definitely recommend that one for my fellow lady bosses. If you hate that term, I mean, I kind of hate that term. We're just bosses in general, but all of my fellow badass females who are out there making shit happen, we need help help managing our stress. So definitely check that one out. And I really hope you get a chance to try that little wellness trifecta of True Multi, Omega 3 Plus and OmniZen because it has made a huge difference in my well-being and therefore my wealth. So if you want to grab anything from PE Science, you can always use code Marie to save 15% on PEScience.com. Again, that's P-E-S-C-I-E-N-C-E, P e-science.com and enter code marie m-a-r-i-e at checkout to save yourself 15 percent now let's jump back in to the interview it's so easy for people to target you now because it takes nothing to create a fake profile and troll right <laughs> right and believe it or not there are people who have time oh, i'm like, yeah how do you find time oh yeah there are people who have time. They make yep. time, right? Mm-hmm. And because they don't have a vision for their lives, they want to make your vision a living hell. Mm. So do you have the mental capacity to deal with that? Or are you still dealing with some childhood stuff so that every time someone says something, now you're triggered? Mm-hmm. You go back to that little girl who was hurt or that little girl who still feels like not enough, not worthy. And, and you allow that to fester. And so- there's so many things like I grew up feeling really ugly. I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about this story, but I grew no. up feeling really ugly, Marie. I was told all the time that I was the, uh, the ugly one. 
and mm. um, by people in my family, not bullies wow. at school, although those came, but people in my family. I was too dark, uh, too ugly. My my lips were too full, cheeks too big. Everything that could be wrong with me was wrong with me as a little kid. And I carried that a lot. I mean, I was at one point scrubbing my skin because I was hoping something lighter was underneath. I was just mm. so tired of being talked about, being the dark one. Mm-hmm. And it took me until I was 25 years old to look in the mirror without cringing. Yeah. And without wishing I was somebody else and daydreaming that I look like a cousin or a friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. 25 years old. And that was after two and a half years of uh, therapy and understanding a lot about my childhood and the folks I grew up around and learning to have compassion for them instead of being angry. Um, and that hurt people hurt people. And, you know, adopting new definitions of forgiveness. I did a lot of work. Right. But I share that because now that I've written four books with my face on the cover and I've done tons of national television and I've spoken on stages all over the world, how could I be who I am had I not dealt with that? Uh, yeah. Amen. There's no way I could be this person. There's no way that I could answer this call on my life had I not dealt with that. And I say that because sometimes we think that getting the next degree or the certification or more and more knowledge is going to be the key. But what if you know everything you need to know? You just need to heal. Mm. What if that's it? And so yeah. that's why, you know, the money and work stuff can't be your end all be all. Because yeah. if that gets taken away again, what happens to your identity? Right. Yeah, that goes back to like the hustle and grind mentality too. Like if you're constantly working, doing, pushing and never allowing yourself to slow down, to reevaluate, to go within, to have a season of sewing, like how will you ever have the bandwidth to, you know, discover more about yourself and do that deep healing that needs to happen for you to be a match for like what you were even originally grinding for. Like it, right. it's not, it's not the way. Yeah. It's not the way. And it's, it's just, you know, it's unnecessary. Yeah. Like I look at people who are like, teen, no sleep. I haven't slept in days, you know, get on my level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're saying all these like, yeah. Oh, Cute things. I guess they're cute. To me, it sounds crazy because (laughs) first of all, I like to be well rested. That's number one. But number two, you know, for me, the people pillar, which is our second pillar, redefining wealth is so huge. Like I've gotten so many opportunities, Marie, that I probably was not qualified for. Mm -hmm. Like, let's keep it real. Like (laughs) I wasn't the best fit at that time. And I got them because of how I treat people. And And how I would connect with people and how I would ask, how can I support you as opposed to what can you do for me, which is what I get a lot of DMs that in a way are kind of like, what can you do for me versus like, how can I support you? Mm. And because I've always been really good at personal um, relationships and keeping in touch and honoring people and valuing my word and being who I say I am, all those things like. I've gotten so many opportunities that people who say they're up at night hustling and grinding 24 hours straight were just given to me in an email or in a text. Yeah. I don't think it's because I'm so special. And like I said, I don't think it's because I'm the most qualified, but I, I think it's because relationships matter and there's always someone watching you who has the power to bless you, but who are they watching you be? And 
sometimes you, I've been up for 36 hour people are frightening and we don't want to work <laughs> because you don't necessarily seem like you may have the capacity or the bandwidth to handle more. Right. You seem like you're pressed for time. You seem like you have a time management challenge. Mm. You seem, you know, like you may make that fatal mistake on a project because you're not rested. Yeah. You're not ready. And you think it sounds great. It doesn't sound great to people who are very clear about what they want to create and the type of people they want in their space. And if you want to continue to just be frazzled and be around frazzled people, then keep posting that stuff. Right. <laughs> You're going to keep attracting more of the same. But mm-hmm. if you like to invite some type of peace and, you know, just because I'm, you know, you're a spirit led entrepreneur, that doesn't mean it has to come with stress and struggle. You invite that. Right. Yeah. I mean, even though this is the grind and be grateful podcast, like to me, grind isn't grind, hustle 24, seven, three, six, five. It's like healing, rest, um, inner work connection. Like that's part of the grind. The grind that's is good. not just the doing and the work. That's the important part. Yeah. That's the most important part. I don't think that, and I'm glad that that's, this is what you do because I don't think a lot of people get it, especially when you're young and you hear grind. It's like, don't get me wrong. I get it in mm-hmm. I do my thing, right? Like I make it happen, but not to the point of my own detriment, <laughs> right. like not, a, not, not to the point of my, like the collapse of my own physical health. Cause I've been there and done that. Mm-hmm. Not to the point of abandoning the most important relationships in my life because I have no desire to be a public success and a private failure, mm-hmm. right? Not to the point of making sure that just my environment is intact or that I'm making time for my faith. So many of us say we are faithful people, but then we don't make time for it. Like, like not to the point of yeah. abandoning everything else that matters. Like, yeah, make it happen. But I feel like 80% of it is doing the stuff that you just talked about. Only yeah. 20% of it is really the doing. It's the, mm-hmm. is the actual mm-hmm. work. Like I can't spend all day and all night working. Um, I could, but I don't feel it's as productive as how I show up when I've taken time to meditate or journal or take a walk or go work out. Like I just continue to show up as a better version of myself, which makes doing my work work like so much more productive. Right. I'm like very achievement oriented. Like that's just my personality type. So it's very easy for me to like fall into that workaholic mode. Right. Yeah. And especially when you're being like, you know, um, acknowledged for your achievements and you're doing it in a social place, um, the way we both are like that can be, it can be hard to like pull away and have that perspective, but like busy does not equal successful. Busy does not equal effective. And I think a lot of us are very addicted, myself included, to just like doing more so that we feel at peace. Like, oh, well, at least I did everything that I could. But our our uh, perception of like everything that you could is very skewed. Yeah. Because busy also doesn't equal fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Fulfillment is what is the key for most people to stop mismanaging their finances. Oh, yeah. A lot of unfulfilled people, like if you're not fulfilled in what you do in particular, day in and day out, that is like the number one catalyst of mismanaging finances. Because that's okay. people find themselves going, 
I hate this job. I'm going to go to the mall. <laughs> mm. Or like now I'm here trying to ignore my coworkers. So I'm just going to shop online or, you know, every sponsor post that comes up on Instagram, I'm going to buy a t-shirt and buy this and buy that. Like you find yourself trying to do little things to fill the voids that you thought work was going to fill. Mm-hmm. And the achievement at work will never fill that because then that becomes your identity. You become... You know, for me, I was Patrice, the straight A girl, the the one who makes it happen and all this stuff. I chased achievement because I didn't feel great about myself, you know, in terms of looks like I shared. So I, mm. my identity became the smart one. And so I always needed to be the smart one. And then as, when I started making money really early, it was like I needed to be the, the, the money girl. <laughs> like I was known as the money person. So, of course, I lose everything, start over and make myself the money maven, right? Like that mm-hmm. was still a part of it. And it's been through this journey for the last 10 years when I just realized like, no, that like that can't be my identity. Like I'm Patrice and there's so many other layers to who I am. And there's so many other things that make me fulfilled. So again, you know, I do feel blessed to be where I am today, but with or without money, I'm still Patrice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you say a lot, like you need to feel confident about money in order to build health, like the confidence and the mindset Mm -hmm. has to come first. And that can be so hard, especially for people who um, either personally lost their, you know, wealth in the recession or like me, I watched my parents really struggle during the recession. Now like student loan debt is out of control. And so Mm -hmm. in this like environment, that like the idea of building confidence before you are able to reap the rewards can feel really intimidating. So like, what are some, some action steps for how people can build that confidence so that they can build the wealth? Well, I believe that clarity breeds confidence. So if there's something that you want to do, first of all, I am not like a, I don't think, especially with money, you need to be well-versed at a million things. I think that if you struggle with savings, you need to read something on savings and not a million things. You might read one or two books. You might subscribe to some podcast that's very focused on that thing in particular, but you have to put the effort in, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't happen through osmosis. So if your goal is like, I want to be better at this thing, it's not only read the book or listen to the podcast or listen to the audiobook. It's like, read it and implement. Yeah. What we like to do is read and then go find something that contradicts what we read so that we can be like, see, there's no way. Because oh my gosh. This, and then they said that, and then we get into analysis paralysis. And we justify our complacency. Yeah. Because it's like, see, I was going to try to do blah, 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 but this book didn't, right? It's like, but this system worked for someone. It's worked for several people. It can work for you if you're willing to work it. Mm-hmm. So I don't really get caught up in always trying to find the very best um, alternative. I think that that's an excuse to do nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, what can I take from this thing, this book, this resource? What are a few things I can implement? And then if I learn something new along the way, that's fine. Because remember, I'm committed to the bigger vision. So for you, if you're committed to saving, cool. You don't have to be attached to how you do it. You don't have to be attached to the system. Just start a system. Mm-hmm. The system is not set in stone. You can change. And that's yeah. anything that has to do with money. Like if you want to be more confident in it, you just need the clarity. And and 
again, accepting that I'm going to commit myself to implementing no matter what (laughs) and shifting from there. Because even if I implement and it's a little wonky and I still don't understand if for 30 days from now I have a hundred dollars more than I did today, that's a win. Right. Celebrate the small win and keep going and go, how do I improve this? How do I make this better? How do I keep going? But it happens in the doing. It doesn't happen in the talking about it. It doesn't happen Mm -hmm. in the thinking about it. It happens in the practice of, and I think if you want to be more confident with anything, money or anything else, you got to build the muscle um, and be willing to do it through trial and error. Nothing is perfect the first time out. Yeah. Like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like the people who um, I talk a lot about wellness on here and it's like the people who are like, oh, I can't go to the gym. Like I don't look in shape enough yet. Right. Like that's the whole point of going to the gym. (laughs) So to say like, oh, I can't start saving because I don't know the perfect plan yet. Like you, you have to start in order to learn. And like, there's so much learning through doing, you can only study so much. Like I could watch form videos on YouTube to learn how to squat, but until I go out and like get under the bar, Bell, I'm not going right. to know if I'm doing it right. Period. You're not going to know. <laughs> like, you have to just start. And I always tell people, you know, people who have had ordinary lives and died millionaires, it was the most basic stuff. Mm. Like, when you hear the stories and you hear, there's so much research on this, but you hear from their children or their grandchildren or friends or coworkers, it was the most basic stuff. It wasn't all this sophisticated investing. It, it it wasn't. It was very simple. It was like, man, they saved 10, 15, 20% of what they earned. Mm-hmm. Um, they learned to not give money or lend money they couldn't afford to give. You know, they had boundaries with their finances. They didn't worry about impressing anyone else. Uh, they always bought a used car. It's like this, the most simple, basic stuff. And people were like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. It's like, dude, it's real. You've probably heard the two or three things you need to do to be successful with money. But if your mind is cluttered with so much other stuff, you're always going to make an excuse about why you can't do it. Right, right, right. And if you don't believe that you deserve that you too, deserve like we said, if, right. if you are stuck in that lack mindset and like the, oh, must be nice, then you're not going to take action to create that for yourself because you don't believe that you can. Yeah, you believe it's for those people. Right. Mm, I've loved this so far. And um, you've kind of mentioned a few of them already, but can you just outline for us your, it's six pillars, right, of wealth? Right. Yeah, Yeah. we talked about fit, that was become your best self, and then people, creating relationships that matter. The third pillar was space, and that's setting up your life to support you. And space is really, you know, we hear all the time that people say time is money, but Mm -hmm. we waste so much time. Mm. We waste so much time doing pretty things, but not productive things. We waste Mm -hmm. time looking for things we own, but can never find. Um, There's a statistic out there that says that the average American spends 76 hours a year looking for things they own but can never find. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Over two days of going, have you seen my keys? Can you help me find my phone? You yeah. know, like, whatever those things are that you lose all the time. And one of the things we say at Redefining Wealth is that clutter is the big culprit here. And clutter is the physical manifestation of chaos in our mind. Mm. And usually when you're feeling really stuck in an area, I always invite people to take a look around and see if there's any clutter associated with it. So for finances in particular, if you don't open your mail, if you don't check your statements, if you don't 
um, know where anything that's important to your finances in, how do you expect your financial life to get in order? Mm -hmm. If you're ignoring it, if it's all stuffed in some junk drawer in your kitchen or, you know, in an email box that you never go back to and check, like. I'm feeling personally attacked about this. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Right. But it's so true. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Right. And so if you want to start healing in that area and making progress, then you have to face whatever it is. Right. That's what a lot of it is. We just don't want to face it. And we get too comfortable in the fear of it all. And the truth is the only way you can empower yourself to move forward is to face it. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have me, I have you. Right. Because you're the CEO of your life. And if you declare, you know, a lot of people will say, Marie, like, oh, I'm just not a money person. Okay, well, words are powerful. Yeah. You keep saying that you're not going to be right. Verbalize you magnetize you magnify in your own life. And so you have to start to speak life over your finances or any of these areas. Even for me, I travel a lot. And for some reason, when I come back, it's like no one in my family can check the mail. They just pull all the mail out and put it on my desk. Yeah. My husband's name is on the mail and he still won't <laughs> open mail with his name on it. Right. Yeah. And when I come back, there's so much stuff on my desk. And even if I need to like hurry up and sit down and record or do something like I can't formulate the words when my desk is junky. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, let me just stop and clear this. And, you know, I have this whole um, thing that I do with shredding and scanning everything, but I can't really move forward. Um, when my office is not where it should be, I can't, like, I personally can't move forward. And so I always tell people, look at some area in your life. And if you're feeling stuck in that area or feeling like you can't move forward, look at what is blocking that energy. And there's probably clutter around that you just need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the space pillar. And then we have the faith pillar, believing in something greater. You know, I don't, I don't think it's a secret that I um, clearly value my faith quite a bit. I talk mm-hmm. very freely and openly about it. And That's because I really believe that's the only reason I'm here. I know um, several people who still have not bounced back from those recession days. We knew people committed suicide, um, God rest their soul. And and there were just so many things that I really attribute having the faith um, that that told me that it was temporary. Like I said, that I was in a season, Mm -hmm. but that was not my life. And that's one of the things that my faith has taught me is that so many of these things have happened for me. They didn't happen to me. Right. It happened for me so that I could be shown different levels of who I could be because so much of who we become is in the is in the bad times, right? When everything yeah. you have no incentive to change, mm-hmm. no incentive to grow. You're like, well, this is great. I'm <laughs> out here, right? Yeah. Not until something happens that you go, hmm, maybe I need to take a look at this. Maybe I need to reassess that. Maybe yeah. I, you know, maybe I need to have some conversations and so. Um, the faith pillar is really big because I just want people to understand that they are probably so much closer to the wealth that they want to have than they believe. They just have to keep going. Mm-hmm. Giving up is not going to get you there any sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Like it might be going slow, but it'll go a heck of a lot slower if you just give up. <laughs> yeah. It'll come to a standstill if you give yep. up, right? Yeah. Um, so that's what the faith pillar is. The work is about living your life's purpose. Um, and again, I just really believe that when we're unfulfilled in the work we do day in and day out, it leads to quite a bit of mismanagement and finances and mm-hmm. people start to dry, either buy more things to fill the void or try to buy people around them, mm-hmm. um, usually through gift giving or lending money, um, or being the person at the bar who's like, I got everyone knowing good and heck well, you should not be yeah. 
the tab or any of those things. So the word color is really important. Um, and I would say with that too, especially if you're young starting out, something that I would share is like um, to give yourself permission to just really explore your voice. I feel like right now there's such an emphasis on perfection. Um, so many people appear perfect in social mm-hmm. media that it makes those of us who know good and heck well, we're not perfect. Many people will go, well, if I can't do it like Marie, I'm, I shouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it prevents them from starting. And I'm like, dude, just give yourself permission to do what you feel led to do. It does not have to be perfect, but as long as it's fulfilling, it is going to feel so good. And if you keep going um, and sowing right now and waiting with expectancy, you should expect to reap yeah. um, on the other side of that. So that's the work pillar. And then the final pillar is money. And to me, money is the natural byproduct of getting your stuff together and all these <laughs> yeah. pillars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I love how you were able to like encapsulate everything. And I think people would be surprised. I mean, when they hear that you are America's money maven, like they probably expect that you would mostly talk about, you know, how to save, how to invest, how to budget. Um, But you really take like a holistic view because you're so right. Like every little, not even little, every major part of your life works in synergy and money is just one of those things. Yeah. And it's the, what I talk about are the things that people just don't consider. Mm-hmm. And in the pursuit of making more money or trying to do better with money or trying to build a business, we just get so laser focused on that, that we just don't see how all these things play together. Right. Um, and that was what I wanted to do. It's like, you can look up how to make a budget, but I right. have to help you shift some of your behavior so that you understand <laughs> why the budget is important. Like, I feel like I'm now the missing piece to so many of my financial expert friends. I'm like, Mm -hmm. keep doing that part, send them to me and I'll make sure they do what you tell them to do. Because so many of us were saying the same things, but people just weren't getting it. And it's, you know, so many of our financial decisions or decisions in life period, they're 90% emotionally driven. They're not Mm -hmm. logical. And saving for some day off in the future is a very logical behavior. Like right. it's a lot of um, willpower um, to see why that is beneficial and still a- and act on it today. Mm-hmm. Like you're asking people to, like we're we're creatures of instinct, right? Like we react based on what's going on right now. You're saying react to something that could or could not happen 20 years from now. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> like my brain really just can't process that. Yeah. So, but helping me be better in things that I can get an immediate win in in my everyday life all around me, it just helps propel that need to just do like make better decisions today. But right. it has to start somewhere. Like you're building the muscle. Right. And when you have all those other non like non money pillars together, like you feel incredible. Like you feel like yeah. you have your life together. You feel in control. You feel confident. Like that can only move you forward, you know, like yeah. even if that didn't attract money, it would still be worth it to do all that stuff. It would. Cause you're going to show up more confident. You're going to show up feeling your best. Your, you know, your relationships are going to be healthier. Your environment is going to be more pleasant. Like where's the, where's the bad part of that? Mm-hmm. You yeah. Can't you, you can't lose. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, I have loved hearing just your spirit 
your perspective on wealth and chasing purpose instead of money and everything that you have shared with us. Um, Again, thank you for your wisdom. And I'm sure that our listeners cannot wait to learn more from you. So where can they find you? Well, you can find me at patricewashington.com, patricewashington.com. There's all things that I do, including when I may be speaking in an area near you. And um, I love Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> my same. favorite place to play right now. So Instagram, I'm Seek Wisdom PCW. Perfect. And then your podcast. It's Redefining Wealth. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so guys, go check out Patrice. Send her some love and just extend your gratitude to her for all of the wisdom and empowerment that she has shared with us today. Because I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I can do all of the things and like get my life together more after this. So (laughs) Patrice, thank you again. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Thank you guys so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm so happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it. And please leave the show or view on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. It would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women to become their very best selves and create more content that you're going to love. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind and be grateful, my friends.